Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as we learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. And uh, we appreciate you listening. We are on episode 231, and a lot of you listen in the car. And so uh, if you have, uh, if it is the two weeks before Christmas and um, you're on episode 231 and you're caught up. So if you're counting, uh, we appreciate you listening to our podcast and we'd like for you to invite you to, uh, to bring others with you, uh, whether it's uh, just calling them on the phone or text or on your social media, whatever you use, whether it's Facebook or X. I think we can say X now, right, guys? Is that all right? Yeah, I think that okay. works. Okay, X works now. So uh, if whatever uh, media you're using, even the gram, you can do it and uh, let them know, invite them, come be a part. And as always, our Apple podcast is probably the easiest way to get us every single week. It'll come to you by subscription. And so if you can get Apple podcast and get us on there, it will help you immensely. Uh, well, we have a special treat today, uh, and and uh, right now, as you know, Pastor Tommy is not here. I guess you know that because uh, he's not speaking yet. You heard Logan already. We have Jonathan Edney as well. Hello. And uh, Pastor Tommy is all is all, all the way halfway across the country in a place called I think you know it, Mile High City, Denver. And uh, Pastor, if you're listening, uh, we do miss you, but hope you get a lot out there at uh, as you're trying to learn more about family of churches, and so we're excited about that opportunity and excited to hear what he says about all that. So uh, today, I already said Jonathan Edney, who is our, will be soon, our, uh, I guess we're voting this week, right? On the 17th, that's right. On the 17th, and we're going to vote to have him uh, as our, uh, I guess, associate pastor. Pastor for missions. Is I said one goes? time, it's uh, the assistant to the regional manager. Okay, assistant to the regional manager, which is Logan. Which is Logan, and, and Logan's the regional man. No, it's not a manager situation. <laughs> of course, it's pastor. Uh, Jonathan has been serving as uh, a um, on the international mission with the international mission board, and served in which country? Brazil. Brazil, and so you know which language? Portuguese. Yeah, Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, and. I worked with an organization called Transworld Radio, and we actually had Brazilian Portuguese sent to us because there are a lot of Brazilian Portuguese in Mozambique, which is interesting. That's correct. There's yeah. actually 13 different countries around the yeah. world that speak Portuguese as their primary language. Yeah, so it, it's a big deal. It's, yeah. It was a big deal for us at, uh, at when I was serving there. Anyway, um, and Logan's here, too, to kind of give us an idea of where we are and what we're looking to do, a little bit of vision and mission uh, to go forward with this, and so... Uh, what we're going to do is talk about missions and how uh, uh, Northwood is expanding our, our mission to try to keep up with the what's going on here at, in um, in the Goose Creek, uh, North Charleston area, even maybe even broader. So how, how far do your people come from, just curiosity? Like when you do uh, English as a second language or when you do uh, your church, uh, where are they coming from? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of interesting. You, you we're pastoring the, the Brazilian congregation here, and folks come from all over Brazil, which is the fifth largest country in the world. I don't and, think and so, people realize that. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and there is more than just jungle in Rio, uh, yeah. more than just carnival. Um, <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of different cultures. It's, yeah. it, it's fun to have our church. We say it's kind of like having some, some Baptists from Texas uh, join some Presbyterians from New York and some agnostics <laughs> from Seattle who are curious all coming oh, to the man, same congregation okay. and trying to get along. Um, yeah, we, we speak Portuguese, but we don't always speak the same language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, we're in the middle of our international mission offering called Lottie Moon. And uh, we want to uh, uh, be uh, honorable to our missionaries around the world. And I know that you appreciated that. When So kind of give a plug a little bit about what's going on with Lottie Moon and why that matters to our church. We, we always are saying, uh, don't be naughty, give to Lottie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. That's good. Good way to remember. Um, but we also think, uh, when are we going to pay this this person off? Who is it? You know, <laughs> when, <laughs> she, we keep every she, year we keep giving yeah. more to this this lady named yeah. Lottie Moon, and yeah. we don't know know what that's about. But absolutely, is a blessing to our our missionary force. Mm. Uh, we support almost four thousand missionaries of Southern Baptist around the world, uh, and they're fully supported so that they can dedicate their time to the mission where they're being called. And and sixty plus percent of the annual budget for the IMB comes from the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So every dollar that we give goes directly to help our foreign missionaries. It's great. And Logan, typically, um, uh, we give pretty good to the Lottie Moon. Uh, what, what is our? Do you know our goal off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, year? we. I mean, we didn't. We haven't put a church-wide goal out. Um, I think it's around forty thousand yeah, dollars this year. I remember, I mean, yeah. That sounds. And our, you know, our church family's been super faithful to give, but we are always hoping and praying that uh, people will be generous during this time of year. And like Jonathan said, I, you know, I, I think we could always do a better job of communicating the fact that. Every dime that you give, every penny you give yeah. during the Lottie Moon season goes directly to support the work that is happening all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so that's with all of our missionaries who are working in every part of the globe, yeah. working with unreached people groups. So the money that you're giving, is, you know, it can be hard sometimes not to connect dollars given to a face or a name. Um, and so we're trying to do a better job of telling those stories for people, helping people understand mm-hmm. what it is they're giving toward. And we're encouraging people, hey – uh, you're, you're supporting our partners, you're supporting other partners, and you're supporting the gospel going to places that it has never been. Mm-hmm. The difference between cooperative program giving and, and tell me if I'm wrong, an international mission board giving when we give to Lottie Moon is that cooperative program giving is percentage. We give, When we give to that, some goes to the seminary, some goes to the Inter, uh, the the, the um, uh, we used to call it the home mission board, but oh, the yeah. North American mission board, some goes to the international mission board. But the lion's share does go to the International Mission Board. But this is not percentage giving when we do Lottie Moon. It is 100%. You give a penny, it goes to the mission. That's right. Yeah, so that's good. Well, with that said, I just wanted to uh, put a plug in for the opportunity we have to give this year. And our our family is always all in with this. And so I hope that uh, you will be as well. Um, So, Logan, here here we are at, at Northwood. And we have had a... Part of our four E's is the mission, going out and doing above and beyond things that would ever reach us. We're going to a lost and dying world without Christ. So why don't you kind of give us where we are, as, as uh, what our stand is, why we believe what we do, and those sort of things uh, to go to the nations. Yeah, so our fourth E there, core value for our church, is to engage the world with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that is driven out of the Great Commission. And we don't, you know, there's lots of places in the Bible that we can look to for biblical and theological justification for why we participate on the mission of God. 
But really, I think the strongest one is that after the resurrection, Jesus is standing with his disciples. And we see this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He says, Mm -hmm. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you till the end of the age. Now, that was the game plan. That was the mission that he gave these 12 guys. He didn't give a playbook. He didn't give a lot of instructions. He said, I'll be with you. Go and make disciples and do that for all people groups or Mm -hmm. ethnic groups. And so as we're sitting here over 2,000 years on the other side of the cross, um, and Jonathan, please correct these numbers if I'm getting them off, but there are roughly 17,000 people groups on this planet that make up the 8 billion people that are on this planet. Now, some of those people groups are really big, like the Japanese people group, 127 million people within that people group. There's a shared language, culture, values, location, things like that. Some of those people groups are very small. Mm -hmm. So think about the Brazilian rainforest. There are some uncontacted people groups that we are guessing maybe 50 to 100 people within that people group. And Mm -hmm. so there's a a broad range of what those people groups make up, but... um, about 7,000 of them are unreached or unengaged with the gospel. And that makes up roughly 3.1, 3.4 billion people um, where the gospel just has not been, where, where people are unreached. And some of those people groups don't even have access to the gospel. And so, you know, those numbers, man, they can just be overwhelming because, you know, we live in the holy city, right? And there's right. a church on every street corner. We've got our cell phones. We can literally, we have the Bible on our phones. We can look up sermons on podcasts or on youtube or whatever we just have so much access and there's so many people around the world who don't and they don't and a lot of people don't have anyone actively engaging them and so man those numbers are overwhelming Mm. here's the deal we look at the promise that we see in revelation 7 9 and 10 and john's having a vision of the throne room of heaven and he looks out and he says behold he saw people from every tribe, tongue, and nation represented around the throne, praising God for who he is and what he's done. Now, that's a promised future that's not a current reality. Yeah. A promised future that's not a current reality. So here's the deal. We know that God is faithful to his work. That's right. He is going to see to it that the nations are reached with the gospel. So someone from all of those people groups will be around the throne one day praising him. But that does something for us, right? Our job as a church family is not to knock out that 3.4 billion number. I was going to ask, how do we even work at that? Yeah. Yeah. So I I think our job as a church family is to be faithful with what we've been given, with the the resources and talents and abilities and just the culture and and people around us that we've been given. Um, So we can't do nothing. We have to do something, right? Mm -hmm. And realize that we're, we're playing a very small part for God's universal church and that he is faithful and there's people all over the world trying to see to it that people get the gospel. Um, so I think theologically and biblically that drives, that drives our mission. Now, how we go about doing that, we can talk about that in some different ways, but ultimately that's what drives the mission, the command of Jesus, Mm -hmm. the promise of God that we see the future and our responsibility in the here and now. Well, interestingly enough, uh, we have, uh, this concept of going to the nations and in many ways, the nations are coming to us. Uh, we have the opportunity to work with different people groups. Uh, they wouldn't be unreached people groups, obviously, but certainly they're uh, international people groups. So, uh, Jonathan, why don't you give us an idea of maybe how many internationals sort of thing are in this area 
And when I say in this area, I'm talking about North Charleston, Goose Creek, Somerville, you know, the the, the, the north right. area of Charleston. And uh, kind of let our people know where we are with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're definitely going to support the going. I think, uh, as, as Logan mentioned, the Matthew 28 uh, phrase there of, of going to all ethnic groups, the Pantata Ethne, of, of going to every group and making sure that they have the chance to hear and respond to the gospel. Um, in, in that going, there's also the, the verb tense that we could argue mm-hmm. is as you go, whether right, you're going right. across seas or you're going across the street, as you go, make disciples. So there's a strong argument in there that, hey, be missional while you're here. And, and if the Lord calls you to be sent one overseas, do that as well. Yeah. And, and yeah, we, we praise God for the opportunities we have around here, around the greater Charleston area to see the nation's uh, move here and, mm-hmm. and, and give them a chance to hear and respond to the gospel while they're here as well. So there's folks from all over the globe that are actually moving here. I uh, spoke with someone from Charleston County School District recently that's helping with families who are coming and learning English. He said they're dealing with 90 different language groups here oh in heavens. the greater Charleston area in the school systems here. So mm. a challenge to love our teachers well who are, are Right. F- facing this and trying to, to navigate a classroom where they don't all speak English as their first language. Uh, but that also gives us a representation of the, there's lots of folks here from all over the world and they're finding jobs here and they're finding a, a different life here in the Charleston area. And so we get to welcome them as new neighbors here. Uh, so in, in South Carolina as a whole, since 2018, that number of population, so for the Folks who like the numbers, we, we can we can give you some of these numbers to tell yeah, a story. But um, we, there was estimates in, in 2018 that there was about 125,000 foreign-born na- nationals here in the South Carolina area. It's not just Charleston, but across yeah, the state. Yeah. That number since doubled mm-hmm. uh, since 2018. So the estimates would be over a quarter of a million folks who do not call the United States their first, their passport country, but a different country now call South Carolina home. And that number's just growing. Uh, and and that, that mainly falls into Columbia, Greenville, and, and Charleston yeah, for yeah. where those folks are going to, to land. That's where the jobs are. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and so they come, come to these areas and, and, and move in. Um, uh, also, we've opened up Lutheran refugee services that mm-hmm. we have a good friendship with, partnership with here in the area. Since then, we've had elections and wars and different things since 2018 that really affected the numbers of populations in South Carolina, including our internationals. Uh, so talking and, and working with Lutheran Refugee Services, in less than two years, we've re- received uh, over 200 refugees mm. here in the Charleston area. Um, that That's a lot of people, several families, yeah. right, uh, that have moved to Charleston from as far away as Syria, Afghanistan, Ukraine. Uh, so it's not just our Latin American cultures anymore, uh, but folks from all over the world that are now moving into the Charleston area. Well, when you talk about the, you do a lot of work, obviously, with the Brazilian population here. Uh, it, that tends to be a larger group in, in our area. Is that not right? Uh, one of the larger uh, language groups here? It is. I mean, we still think that Spanish is also one of the mo- more primary languages that's spoken around the Charleston area. Um, was talking recently with someone from the office of the Goose Creek Mayor's office. Uh, they were talking through some of the businesses that are popping up along Red Bank and this part mm-hmm. of, of Goose Creek. And they're saying, man, the Brazilian population is growing as well. It probably represents about 20% of the population of Goose Creek anymore as oh Brazilian. Um, lots of we, lots of Brazilians. We, we talked uh, to the principal at Goose Creek Elementary mm-hmm. uh, in response to that. And they said 53% of their student body at Goose Creek Elementary need help with English or taking mm-hmm. ESL. Uh, so that's over 500 and right. something kids right. that, are, that are needing English help saying probably 30% 
are, are Spanish speakers, 20% Brazilian Portuguese speakers, and 3% other. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just a mix of different languages. And so that's probably a good representation of our population of going, that's, that's a large amount of people of Goose Creek who are not speaking English as their first language. When you're experienced and dealing with them on pretty much a daily basis, what, what do you think there's, what, most of the people that, we're, that are out there, uh, what's their spiritual condition and, and how are we trying to reach out to them right now? One thing I do know, and there, there can be a variety of religious beliefs that they bring with them. So uh, Syrian folks, our Syrian families are going to come with a Muslim background. They do not have a Judeo-Christian worldview. Uh, folks from Latin America and Brazil usually do. They're going to have some sort of Catholic background, some mm-hmm. consciousness of who Christ is. But one thing I do know is that if they've come from, from a war-stricken area or come across that Mexico border in a way that we wouldn't really support, all of them have experienced some trauma in their mm-hmm. life to wind up in, in the Charleston area. They've experienced some brokenness and some hardship. Uh, and so we have a great opportunity to say, hey, we're going to love you in the name of Christ. We're going to share the true Jesus with you. You mm-hmm. might have read something about Isa in the Quran, which is Arabic for, yeah. for Jesus. Yes. Um, but you have not had an opportunity actually to feel the compassion and love and grace of Christ. And so I want to help you with that. Well, uh, Logan, you know, we are really stepping up the game, I think, when we talk about international missions, especially in our community. And uh, what do you think the international mission is, ministry is going to look like, let's say, over the next few years? Where, where are we going with this, and how are we getting there? Yeah, so it is going to continue to expand. I think all of us would agree and realize that COVID really slowed down international outreach in terms mm-hmm. of going overseas. And we, I mean, they were literally closed. Yeah, I mean, I mean they were closed. There. We couldn't get there, but... Um, but that has opened back up, and so we are going again. We've got partnerships overseas, and mm-hmm. so we'll be going to Japan this summer with a new partnership. Which we did there. last summer as well, right? That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, our youth are plugged in with the Dominican Republic. Right. We've looked at some. We've been to Indonesia. We've got partnerships around the world, and that's really good, right? As we're thinking about that number of 3.1 billion people that are unreached, we want to play our small part to go help in that work. Mm-hmm. So help the IMB missionaries, help their families as they're doing the day-in and day-out work and be really good partners there. So we want to continue to expand that. We also, nationally, we have a focus, and mm-hmm. so we are looking at areas like Boston, like Salt Lake City, Utah, right, right. which certainly Boston is an eclectic just mix of Very ethnic so backgrounds so, yeah. and things, and so that, that helps us in what we're trying to accomplish. But then locally... I think we've done really well to just love our community well. I think as Jonathan is coming on, right, as our local community starts to reflect the world a little more, and we want our church family to represent, reflect our local community, Yeah. well, then our church should start looking a little more ethnically diverse (laughs) in in some ways, right? Because that's just we're planted here in this community. And the community around us is rapidly changing, like Jonathan said. And so either we can jump on board with what is happening and try to get ahead of the curve, because I'd say we're already a little bit behind the curve, right? Mm-hmm. So we can try to catch up to speed and think, man, how can we love the people around us well and be a blessing to the nations? Because here's the reality, right? We're going to have people that come in from some areas that we can't really even get into. And we're going we're going to have the opportunity to share the gospel with them we're going to pray that the Spirit of God is going to move in them and God's going to bring them to faith and repentance. And then Lord willing, as, as we're able to disciple these individuals, mm-hmm. they are going to be able to reach their families. Yeah. And they're going to be able to reach their own people groups and nations. And so I think 
you know, that would be the ultimate kind of hope. But we just want to be really faithful with where we are, and we want to be faithful with those around us. Yeah, one thing we learned in missions is that uh, people uh, need to hear the gospel in their heart language. And so for us to simply say, well, they just need to learn English, and then we can, then they can learn the gospel, is kind of, uh, kind of how we think in America because of our political ties. But, uh, I mean, that's so un- unbiblical in so many ways, you know, to say that. And, uh, you know, we become very much a... a I guess Anglo-centric then instead of gospel-centric, and so uh, so it is a part of what we do. Although ESL is a way to get them in, we do need to think of ways like you're talking about, where people are speaking in their own heart language. What they we know when they go to sleep and have dreams, what are they dreaming in? That's kind of the idea I, I ask people when they want ask what Bible they want. So uh, anyway, Jonathan. Okay, so we're gonna uh, Lord willing, uh, come seventeenth, we're gonna. Uh, bring you on as one of uh, as our pa- pastor of uh, international missions, associate pastor, and we're going to be able to do that. So, with with that on the horizon, uh, what do you think it's going to look like, and uh, as you lead out in that area, what is, what is that going to look like specifically now? What what is going to change? And I'm so thankful that that we have something to build on. Uh, that the, the team here, that Tommy and Logan and others and all, all the church has been so involved in missions. I'm thankful for that. So I really am looking forward to being a part of that and seeing what the Lord has for us and, and growing that ministry and mm-hmm. and uh, being a good neighbor and, and taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. So I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity and look forward to what God has in store. Um, we can we can look at this in a couple different ways. One one in a generic sense, I, I want to help be a part of what Logan wants to do in training yeah, and helping the church be ready to just be active where they live, work, and play. Yeah, uh, I think that's part of the mission of the church as a whole, as a local body, uh, is to prepare folks for the good works that they see in their neighborhood. So we want to make that a part of just being ready. Mm-hmm. How how do I invite a person that doesn't speak English that well to church? How do I have these conversations? Right. How do I have a spiritual conversation with someone? And how do I do good works where I am? Mm-hmm. Instead of just always creating something for you to do here at church, yeah. uh, we want to help you be the church where you are in your community. But also knowing that there will be some opportunities here to welcome folks well. Uh, I will want to work with you, Pops, in the community outreach yeah. and welcoming folks well. One, one thing I have is a vision and just... Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see we'll see how we go. We'll see what, how things actually work out, and this will be an experiment in some ways. But I would love to see at that welcome tent some some sermon notes in a variety of different languages. I would love that too. Yeah. So that when folks come and say, "Hey, I don't have English that good," can someone welcome me well? That the welcome team's ready to hand out a flyer and say, "Hey, here is the sermon notes and the songs in Dari <laughs> or in Farsi or in Portuguese or in Spanish," and that we're ready to just say, "Hey, I'll, I'll welcome you well, just as anybody else created in the image of God to come be a part of our mm-hmm. church." And here I'll help you with the language. So yes, there is an, a, a way that we can push ESL and English lessons. That's a real need. For the quality of folks' life here, they do want some English. Mm-hmm. To get out of emergency mode in your, in your world and to get involved here and to make friends here, English is important. It's yeah, a good they're need. Have so to we learn, do want yeah. that to, to, to expand, um, but also knowing that there needs to be ways that I can provide a Bible in, in Arabic or Chinese yeah. uh, to provide some of those resources where we can minister. We can't, we can't start churches in every one of them yet. Here in Low Country, but that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. If we had some some small groups in Chinese or Russian, mm-hmm. uh, had uh, more churches in Spanish, and, and so part of my role would be to 
supervise any of that that's going on, at least kind of make sure that we facilitate that well and to make sure those things go forward well. So we do hope that there are some churches get planted out of a project like this. We hope that folks are welcomed at Northwoods, no matter what their language background. They are. uh, And and see how we can practically meet physical needs of folks in English and other things. Uh, There's been a program that we we, uh, want to see developed. It's it's called Circle of Welcome, where we help some of these refugee families Mm. who come with nothing. Uh, they, they come with a backpack from a war-stricken area, and they get resettled in Charleston, of all places. Yeah. Uh, and to, to start a life over again in the low country isn't simple. Uh, and so we have an opportunity to greet them at the airport, to provide some housing needs, and to provide that first load of groceries at someone's home uh, can be a huge blessing and create an open door to have a religious and spiritual conversation with someone. You know, when we, we, we went on the mission field, we had somebody meet us at the airport as a missionary. We had somebody supply our first two, three weeks of food. You know, things that just so you can get settled and just yeah, kind of get your yeah. brain around where you are and those kind of things. So that's huge. I'm just telling you, if somebody that has already, and y'all you, you, you both have been there too, where you walk in, you you know, you just to have a welcome is a big deal, you know. And I will say at our at our, at our our booth, we have a little tent out there. Uh, we constantly have people that Portuguese is their main language, and they're coming to our church and so, uh, of course, we immediately ask, are you, uh, you know, are you a part of uh, uh, Jonathan Edney's church and that sort of thing? And I can't say your church name. Go ahead. Comunidade Batista G. Charleston. And you're awesome. I can say G. Charleston. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, seriously, you know, it's, it's awesome to have them come, and we welcome them just like we would anybody. We, yeah. we treat them well. We bring the kids to the children's ministry or whatever we have to do. And But we need to do that on a level above and beyond just coming to church. That's what mm, you're saying. Yes. So when people get here, they say, hey, man, somebody loves me here, you know? That's right. Amen. Uh, Logan, give us an idea about uh, this, this new, new international ministry and uh, how it's going to fit into our overall mission strategy, I guess. How are we going to plug this in? we got about five minutes. I hope that as people continue to go on international mission trips and get different experiences and are placed in different cultural contexts and just see the mission of God working all around the world, my hope is that those individuals, and this often happens, that they come back from that and mm-hmm. they're fired up. Yeah. And typically, we just don't know what to do with them. Now, we're just in a really unique time where it's, hey, you love international missions? Guess what? Sunday through Saturday, you have an opportunity to serve (laughs) right where you are. And I think to Jonathan's point, I'm I'm really excited that he is going to come on and help us think about this because I would say that the heart disposition of our church, like Mm -hmm. we've said, is to welcome people really well and and love our community and our church family has been so faithful to do that. But we also need to meet that with the practicality of how to do that really yeah. well. It's one thing to have the heart disposition. It's a whole nother thing to say, okay, let's take the theological reality and biblical truth that we want these individuals to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and let's do it in some really practical ways that meets them where they are. Now, and this is where I'm just, Jonathan is way more qualified than this oh, in on. me. I mean, for real, to, <laughs> you know, to reach internationals, like, I mean, he was, you know, he's an IB missionary, and he's, He's doing international church planning here in our city. So to help us think through how can we do that really well, and I think there's all kind of opportunities. You know, as ESL continues to grow, as we have some different outreaches, as we're doing things, um, I'm excited about him coming on. I'm excited about the the depth of partnership that's going to bring between – you know, our church and your church and, um, and just ultimately, man, I just, you know, we want to see people know and love Jesus and we want to do that well. And like I said, we, it's not going to change. Mm. 
Charleston is only going to get more diverse, not yeah. less. And yeah. so we have to meet the needs of our community and think through that theologically, philosophically, and then very practically. And so I'm excited. I think down the road there are going to be lots of opportunities for people to plug in and lots of opportunities to see the nation's reach right here. And we want to train and equip you to be able to do that. So yeah. we want you to come alongside, partner with us, serve with us, but we also want to train and equip you to do that in your neighborhood. Because if you'll just open up your eyes, I promise you in your neighborhoods and close proximity to where you live, there are internationals everywhere. And My next door neighbor, for instance, who doesn't hardly speaks a word of English. So, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. I mean, this is in a suburb of Charleston. It's called Hanahan. I mean, we gotta, we gotta, yeah. we gotta take care of them. And that's, and know? the church has such an incredible opportunity because and we, we're not going to get into things being politically charged or whatever, but a lot of people in this country are not excited about the number of internationals here. I think mm-hmm. we can say that Yeah. as the church, we should be greatly excited mm-hmm. about the opportunity that's Amen. before us. And, Amen. um, so the question we have to ask is, are we going to respond in faithfulness to see the mission both overseas and right here in our community move forward and see people reach with the gospel? And I'm excited that Jonathan will help us think through that well. Amen. Well, guys, appreciate y'all being here, being a part. Jonathan, do you want to close with anything? And uh, we're, I want to ask about prayer for you guys. So go ahead. Oh, amen and amen. Okay. I think we have an opportunity to see. Uh, the, the nation's reached here. I think we see a way to plug in that excitement and, and, and also be a training ground for future missionaries. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of good kingdom potential uh, about to happen in North Charleston. So I'm excited. Uh, I, I, we always say talk about bathing this ministry in prayer, and I think we should. But I almost want it to drip with prayer, you know, where we get, we get out of the shower and you're dripping. Every, I want it to be so much part because as we as we prepare, we, of course, have to make it a matter of prayer. So how should we pray? How can we pray best for this uh, ministry to go forward? Either one of you. Go ahead. You want to go first, Logan? Sure. I, I would say that you could pray for a few things. Um, pray ultimately that that God would be faithful to his work, right? Prayer is not just for the work, it's part of the work. Amen. Prayer, like God responds to prayer. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, let's pray. Let's pray for the nations. Let's pray for God to open up people's eyes to who Jesus Christ is and what he's done. Let's also pray for our church family mm-hmm. to get a greater vision and understanding of what God is doing Amen. and a greater desire to come alongside the work God is doing and be faithful with what he has given us. Amen. We have to be faithful. And he has put people here in our community and we must be faithful. And so I would, I mean, I would pray for God's faithfulness in his work and our faithfulness to respond to the Amen. work and just have a greater desire for the nations. And Jonathan, uh, your particular need, especially when it comes to church planting and what you're going to do to reach the nations here. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll list out three things. And and one is a a charge for those listeners that are around here in the Charleston area. Um, We created a list of of international restaurants Mm -hmm. uh, that are around Charleston. There's an absolute ton of them, if you look. Um, And to make that your prayer list. Instead, awesome. I know, I know, awesome I know pa- Pastor Tommy's going to kick me off staff before I even get on staff for saying this, but skip Chick-fil-A. <laughs> And, yeah, and you're find, done. I know, I know it. Uh, skip Chick Fil A, pick an international yeah. restaurant, enjoy some ethnic food, Amen. and pray for the people that are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to open your eyes and start a conversation with someone that's at that restaurant is a great way to just kind of eat and pray around the world. And so it'll give you an opportunity to pray about your part and pray for those folks that are here in the, the Charleston area. Like that so that's a, that's a sweet prayer and, and a charge for those who are listening again uh, to to pray for those those nations. Pray for. We'll call it not Comunidade Batista, Charleston, but CBC. 
Maybe we can go that one. CBC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, our, our Brazilian congregation uh, that's that's meeting on Northwoods campus is continuing to grow and, and grow in maturity and in number and it's sweet. Um, but pray for this transition. Folks are excited within the Brazilian congregation and want to be a part. We've already had folks that are a part of that congregation ask how they can be a part of the welcome team mm-hmm. at Northwood on Sunday mornings That's awesome. to help other Brazilians get connected Let's to Northwood as well. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited for them. I want to pray for that, that Brazilian congregation, that they would continue to have a, a vision for the kingdom work that they can be a part of as well. It's, it's, one faith, one mm-hmm. baptism, and so it's exciting. So pray for Sebes, eh? and then pray for the Edneys, uh transition with three kids is uh, a yeah. transition. Uh, yeah, we're, we're thankful that we don't have to physically move, uh, but uh, moving and considering our part in the mission at Northwoods and, and getting our kids here is, um, is always a challenge, so we appreciate prayers as we go forward. Well, blessings to you both. Thank you for what you all do for our world and reaching the nations, and I believe God is just going to continue to do great things here at Northwood, Amen. and I appreciate the opportunity that the Lord has given us and so I hope we take advantage of it as God Amen. God has designed. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, we're going to get you ready for next week. And as you do, make sure that you click that uh, uh, the button that says subscription so that you'll get this podcast every single week. And we hope, as always, that this has helped you connect faith to life. Mm-hmm.